Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And on today's show, we have Stephanie Riley. Now, Stephanie is somebody that I definitely had to bring on just uh, because she was kind enough to recount to me some very personal sentiments that uh, were related to her uh, having read my latest book, All My Favorite People Are Broken. Now, having her here isn't uh, a vanity exercise or anything like that but more kind of a fascination and maybe even just being thrilled because uh, the stories that she told me actually defined the book's purpose and they were the result of, of exactly what I had set out to do in writing my book and, and really all my books for that matter is to urge people to look more deeply into the reasons why they're so emotionally and personally impacted by music. And so uh, please welcome to the show, Miss Stephanie Riley. Welcome, Steph. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Now, can you give us uh, a little bit more background from your perspective on this playlist and the songs we're going to be looking at and, and how, this, uh, how this all came about for you? Well, like you said, it was triggered by your book. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you're going to, or you've probably seen through my playlist, is it's, it's, it's very diverse. Yep. But I, I tried to stick to songs and artists that I actually pulled something from. Right. Uh, and, and you'll see as we go through that they're just, you know, they're not necessarily songs that I would listen to every day. They're not necessarily songs that, um, you know, are, are even current mm-hmm. in my mind. But okay. it's going back to your book and, and, and some of the, the memories that I was able to pull in the way I was re- really able to relate to your book. Because, again, and I guess everyone can interpret your book differently. And mm-hmm. for me, when it comes to listening to music or hearing music i don't always i can't always relate to a song by by title or by artist but i'll know the song sure uh so when i was reading your book i said wow it's so fascinating that you know you can put a time and a place and an artist and an album and a year all together where i was having trouble just trying to do that yeah um but what I thought was special was that even though I couldn't necessarily follow each song, I was able to relate to a time and a place, which for me, to be honest with you, has is, is been a challenge mm-hmm. because a lot of my childhood memories are gone. Like, um, okay. And I don't want to get too deep and too personal, but there was a lot there that prevents me from remembering a lot about my childhood mm-hmm. and I just found it extremely fascinating that through your book I was not only able to remember certain songs but it would it would literally throw me back to a time and a place and a memory that are pretty deep you know mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty um I don't know it this exercise has just pulled out a lot of different feelings yeah so it's humbling for me mm-hmm. you know i think that's how i would say it that um you know you had talked to me about how you felt after you'd read my book and the fact that it had kind of triggered you know some memories for you and you made a lot of connections for yourself in terms of you know when you were a kid and the songs that you listened to and how you felt about you know experiences that you've been through with your grandmother and stuff like that mm-hmm. that's fascinating it is it really is there's a lot of emotional ties which i think is very obviously very common to music people relate to a lot of things through Mm -hmm. music right um which is a beautiful thing but and again it was nice because like like i said i I put a block to a lot of things so it was nice to see how one thought would lead to another and there were just so many different emotional ties and they may not have been tied to the same 
time or place or experience, but it was, you know, I've, I've gained a lot of memory back that mm-hmm. I thought was gone. And um, who knew that I would get that through reading D- your books? Like, that's, it's really powerful for me. Does that mean that I should have charged you more for the book? <laughs> I would have paid. Yeah, you could have charged me more. I probably would have. I probably would have. Well, in hindsight, you can charge me more after the fact. If you ask me for another 20 bucks right now, I'll, I can pull it out of my wallet. <laughs> I'll give it to you. <laughs> oh, no need. I didn't know going no in what I would pull out, and um, I can't. There's, there's, there's no gratitude that can, that can you know. I appreciate that. I, I, like I said, I'm humbled, and and I thank you. I thank you for being on the show and talking about this stuff because I know that it's 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 deeply personal. Mm-hmm. But also, um, thank you very much for validating, you know, what I'd set out to do. So, without any further ado, let's get into your list. I like your list. I've looked at it. There's a couple songs I don't know. There are songs <laughs> on here that I love, and I had actually forgotten about. To be honest, yeah. Um, your first one is by Jose Feliciano, and it's called Feliz Navidad. Yes, and it's funny because when I thought of the song, I couldn't remember what again. I couldn't remember what the title was. Yeah. Um, and all I could remember about the song was "I want to wish you a merry Christmas." Okay. Um, and like I said, this was this was actually the first memory, the first trigger point uh, that I received from your book. Like chapter one, just boom, it hit me. And I was floored. This is probably the deepest. I, I think there's a lot of deep connections to the songs that I've, I've listed for today. Mm-hmm. Um, so my grandmother, I'm um, biracial. Mm-hmm. So my mother is from Malta. Mm-hmm. And my father is Canadian. But um, I mean, we're three generations Canadian on my father's side. But my great grandparents were from the Caribbean. Okay. So... Christmas Eve, I would spend with my, my mother's side of the family. Then Christmas Day, I would spend with my father's side of the family. Okay. So this song, again, reading your book, there, it, it, it literally just, it, like, it hit me. And it was one of those things where I could smell the basement. I could visualize the sofa, the wood paneling on the walls, the, my grandfather's, like, liquor cabinet. It actually brought back a distinctive scent. Yeah of him like it's i was floored yeah um the song in particular was my grandmother's favorite song okay and i mean i was really young at this point um from what i remember year after year the song would play right and she would get up and she would sing and she would dance um so this is a super special song for her super special song for okay. her uh, she would try and pull us up and get us dancing with her and she would sing and it just brought her so much joy mm-hmm which, you know, you think it's Christmas. Everybody's happy. Everyone should be happy. It's Christmas. Sure. Fine. But the irony, I think, that this is the powerful part about this story is that you fast forward 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. and that story changes um, because my grandmother, after my grandfather passed away, mm-hmm. um, she had always, which I didn't know, suffered from depression. Okay. But after my grandfather died, things really started to change. Mm-hmm. She started withdrawing herself okay from family events mm. so you know we would start seeing her less and less and it got to the point where at christmas time like she just didn't want to spend christmas or any special occasion with us she really isolated herself oh that's so sad um it is it's actually really really sad and you know the, you're again you're dealing with depression yeah um, she was actually diagnosed with like, schizophrenia yeah. oh okay. really so 
not to go into too much about that stuff, but it would it completely she was completely withdrawn. Okay. Again, I'm thinking of this song that I remember her singing and dancing to yeah. and her, seeing her laugh and, 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 and having such a good time to a point to getting to the point where she completely just isolated herself from, from mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. Um, didn't want to see family, didn't want to see friends. The only time she was ready to see us was literally at her deathbed when mm-hmm. she asked for all of us to come yeah. to see her. That was hard. But it's again it's it's ironic because I remember Christmas with her being so joyous. Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward, you know, a few years and you're not spending Christmas with her at all. Right. So your book immediately allowed me to, you know, embrace sort of what it's hard, right? It, it, you embrace what what memories you have. Yeah. This is a song that whenever I hear it, I think of her in such a happy state. Mm-hmm. Despite, you know, my adult, pretty much all of my adulthood, seeing the complete opposite and not seeing her small, not seeing her at all, just withdrawn. So, yeah, that's a deep one. It is. And I appreciate you sharing that. But, um, you know, the good news is that you have that song almost as a, a totem, you know, as a as a, a memory piece. It is. It, it, it really is. And um, I was thinking as you were telling me that story, I was wondering as she had receded, what would have happened had you played that song for her in her depression? Hmm. I wish I had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I, it, I, I think that actually probably would have been a really interesting exercise. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to think that maybe it would trigger something for her. It may have. It may have. Um, but the good news is that you have that memory regardless. So mm-hmm. it's a beautiful memory for me. Beautiful experience to be able to, you know, sort of connect with and have. So Agree. Agree. Okay. So your next song is I'm not gonna cry either by I was, <laughs> I was just gonna say, should we move on to the next Yeah, song? you didn't you didn't leave a box of I tissue beside uh, me. You should have done no, it. We don't, we don't supply Jensen. Kleenex here in the studio. Can you prepare so. next time a little bit better. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> Okay, so I've got uh, The Brown Girl in the Ring oh boy, by yes. a, a, a band. The name of the band makes me laugh a little bit because I have some stories about this too. Boney M. Yes. And if my mother is listening, she'll be absolutely thrilled. That is hilarious. That we will be talking about Boney M, and I'll tell you why in a minute. I don't think I would ever... This is the only occasion I'll probably ever talk about Boney M. <laughs> <laughs> That's I didn't even know who Boney M was until I knew the song and I had to try and do a bit of research to figure out who the heck sang it. But um, this is another deep connection, actually, to my other, uh, ironically, um, my father's mother, so my other grandmother. Okay. So it would be Nanny, and, and Feliz Navidad was Nana. That's okay. what we would call her. Mm-hmm. So Nanny was the one who raised me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she was actually like my mom. Uh, to give you a quick sort of history of background, my parents had me very young. They were an interracial couple. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was born in 79, bit of a different time, young parents. Mm-hmm. I was ultimately adopted by my, my father's parents. Okay. okay. So my grandmother was, n- nanny was basically my mom. Yeah. Um, she passed away when I was eight going on nine. Okay. Okay. And this song... It ultimately wouldn't, you know, um, be something that I listen to on a regular basis. But this was a song that she used to sing with us. You don't listen girls. to Boney M on a regular basis? <laughs> it's not on my playlist all right. at all. Um, 
It is now. Uh, but I listened to it, obviously, as I was trying yeah. to put this together. Right. And it just brought, like, literally, I was smiling and I was singing and I was like, this is good. And I found out it was a Calypso song. I had no idea that it was even... Because all I would remember is the chorus, mm-hmm. you know? It's Brown Girl in the Ring, tra-la-la-la-la. Like, yeah. that's what she used to sing with us as little girls. And it was kind of like, you know, hey, let's sit down on the living room carpet and, you know, sing a song. And mm-hmm. it was nice to be able to have a song that, hey, wait a minute, this is a this is a memory and this is a positive memory because mm-hmm. it was tough for me. A lot of the memories that I do have with my grandmother mm-hmm. weren't the greatest. She was an amazing woman, but mm-hmm. she was she was really sick. Um, so I remember just a lot of sorrow. I remember her being really sad. Mm-hmm. I remember her being really sick. Mm-hmm. And again, I was young, right? So... There were certain little memories that just even doing this exercise started to trigger, mm-hmm. uh, which was really nice. But for the most part, a lot of it is just yeah. is gone. Mm-hmm. So again, it's it's through song. It's that I've been able to trigger memories and 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 have yeah. memories to hold on to that I think I will now be able to hold on to forever. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you had asked me this, you know, a couple of months ago, that's that fascinates me. I think that's terrific. Yeah, I really do. I'm and I'm glad. I'm I'm really glad that that that, that happened. I was actually thinking while you were telling that story about your grandmother singing songs with you. I used to do that too with my grandmother, and she was uh, French Canadian, so she'd grown up in Quebec. She could barely speak English, but you know, she would sit with me and sing songs from her childhood. There were French songs and mm-hmm. she would sing in French. You know, I was, I think I was like four or five years old. So I didn't, that's kind of how I learned the language right. was through that. Um, and I, you know, you take a, a large degree of comfort from that sort of thing when you're a kid. You do. You know, you really do. And I'd forgotten about that until you just brought that up. So thank you. The other memory I have that isn't so pleasant from... <laughs> This song in particular uh, <laughs> is that my, my mom, and I apologize, mom, if you're listening to this, but um, used to love Boney M and played Boney M incessantly all the time. And as a kid, I mean, I had no choice as to whether or not this is going to be heard in the house or not, right? Mm-hmm. And she had this Christmas album by Boney M in particular that I swear to God played during, you know, non Christmas periods. <laughs> oh pretty my much all year round. And yeah, so. Anyway. <laughs> well, now you have a positive spin on. I do. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> You're helping me. Okay, so next you've got a song called, and I think I know this one, Piano in the Dark by Brenda Russell. Piano in the Dark. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was released in 1988, which, again, it, this is all in and around the same time period. 1988, I was, you know, nine years old, and, and, and it actually goes back to my grandmother again. Um, mm-hmm nanny because after she passed away they sent me they said okay you know let's send her on vacation so i ended up going to bermuda i think for a week to refresh okay and on the flight back i remember plugging in and hearing this song on the radio Hmm. and it's not even relative like if you listen to the lyrics it it was something about the instrumentals that really pulled me in and i think it allowed me because I don't think, and they were all surprised after my grandmother's death that I wasn't, you know, how's Steph going to be? You know, is she is she okay? They were mm-hmm. hovering over me and it was just, you you know what death is, but do you really mm-hmm. at that age, mm-hmm. you know? But for some reason, I connected to this song on the way back 
and I associate that with her death. But at the same time, as years have gone on, mm -hmm. there's just there's always been something powerful about it. So that for me says something because at nine years old, what does a nine year old know about? You know, like, yeah, exactly that. Like that's but, so that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say for me, so that's the magic of instrumentation. And, and I was just you know thinking about this song called uh, Handbags and Glad Rags that does mm -hmm. the same thing. So it makes me absolutely sad. Like I turn into a puddle when I hear this song. Mm -hmm. The song is about some older man telling a young girl that fashion's not really that important. Mm -hmm. You know, it's I read that in superfluous. Your book. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> But, but, you know, the, the instrumentation and just the way that the chords follow each other and the way that they work with each other, they, it, it's, it just makes me feel incredibly sad mm -hmm. for some reason. It's the instrumentation that can do that to you it sometimes. Is. So that's what you found in that song. Yeah, at nine years old. So, but it stuck with me, and I still, and, and again, like that's it. It to this day remains, and it's not a song that I would hear very often. Again, I have it on CDs, and I haven't, I haven't pulled out my CDs in ages. The one thing that you know you'll see throughout the rest of my list is that it, it it's it's all over the place, right? It's it's. That's actually a good segue into your next song. It's Thriller by Michael <laughs> Jackson. Thriller. So wow. Michael Jackson. I know you were really rolling your eyes. I know. No, I. You know what? When I was a kid, I was. I was, I was just going to say I was thrilled. That's perfect. I, I was. Like, literally, I watched that video because the, the the big thrill was the video, really, right. for me. I mean, I, I had known Michael Jackson previously. I think it was Off the Wall was his record before that mm -hmm. um, that I'd heard. And, and it was interesting for a kid, right? But the thriller thing, mm -hmm. the video, the video. was really kind of, you know, it took everything over the top for me. Well, that's why it's on the list for me. Talk is about it. that video. That video scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it scared and, the shit out of a lot of people. Oh my god. It was brutal. And it still haunts me. I still can't watch it, believe really? it or not. Are you like that girl in the video who like covers her eyes in the movie theater? I am 100% her. That is me. <laughs> that is me. I do not, I don't do, and I actually think that that prevented, like, I don't do scary movies. I'm not a scary movie right. kind of gal. That's just not my thing. Yeah. And thriller is you know you're, you're talking 1984 yeah uh, ish 82 80, 80, 80, sorry 82 i think is no 84. it was it was 83 if it was anything i think no i think it's 82 is it yeah hmm. 82 um Good i enough. think is when is the album was released it could be yeah. 83 maybe maybe i'm wrong the video, it doesn't um, but so there's a couple of connections here with this song in particular michael jackson by far was my favorite artist like mm -hmm. i love michael jackson he was everything um and i remember us all i don't remember what it was it was definitely there was something happening I, I don't know if it was a holiday but everyone was over we were sitting in the living room floor at home which was my grandparents house for me mm -hmm. and this video came on and i was so just petrified of it but the deeper story with not just this song, Michael Jackson in this album as a whole, mm -hmm. one of the things that is interesting about this album as a whole is my mom knew that I loved, absolutely loved Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. So he was coming to Toronto. I think oh. it was, yeah, the uh, Victory Tour, I believe. Okay. And my mom basically said, I will make a deal with you. Mm -hmm. I was five years old. Okay. Okay. And if I take you to the concert, mm -hmm. will you promise to call me mom? Oh, interesting. Because at that time I didn't, I, 
I actually referred to her by her first name, which is Josie. Okay. That's just the way it was. Right. So it was actually a tough decision for me, believe it or not, mm-hmm. because that's not something I was... I was very shy. I was a little bit reserved, kind of introverted. And it was a little bit out of my comfort zone. Okay. I don't know if I ever really truly felt like that was... I always felt like Nanny was my mom, you know? Right, right. Uh, so, but I really wanted to see Michael Jackson. <laughs> of course he did. I really, I'm like, what? Okay, so this should be easy. No problem. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, we have a deal. And we went to the concert... And we had a fantastic time. Awesome. The thriller whole, the, that part of the, the performance was not my favorite at all. Um, I actually fell off the chair. Did Michael Jackson transform into a wolf? Oh, he it? did. Come on. He really did. Seriously? Oh, my I God. Was I joking. was petrified. I was five years old. <laughs> I was five years old. But, yeah, so, so that's on this you know, this song in particular is on there because of that connection and because it's, imp- I believe it's impacted my life. But my connection to Michael Jackson, obviously I thought it was important because there's tons of other songs. And I'm like, do I really need this on here? Because mm-hmm. there's so many other songs that I feel like I really connect with. But there's, there's, there is a deep connection to Thriller if yeah. I, if I really think about it. So, you know, the song itself, the time and the place when the video came out to going to the concert and having to refer to my mom or, or brokering that deal I guess with, mm-hmm. with my mom hmm. um, so yeah that's Thriller so I have to roll my eyes again oh boy because I see that your next song is Didn't We Almost Have It All by Whitney Houston why is that an eye roll <laughs> tell me why Whitney Houston you're not a Whitney Houston fan not a big fan of the song why I'm just not that, that doesn't diminish its value in any way. So it's more or less the, <laughs> I had to really pick, I, I tried to pick the songs off the album that mm-hmm. I felt like I connected with most. And I felt like, just like Michael Jackson, if I didn't put Whitney on here, mm-hmm. I would be doing myself a disservice. Yeah, because yeah. she was also one of my favorite artists. She's an incredible singer. Incredible. Really, really was. So this particular album, I'll I remember Amy Giuseppe. She gave me. Who's Amy Giuseppe? Amy Giuseppe was one of my elementary school friends? friends. Okay. Yes, and I had a birthday party, and everyone came over, yeah. and we were all in the basement, and I was over the moon that I got this cassette. So of course we put it in the cassette player, and we were dancing, and we were singing. It wasn't to didn't we almost have it all? It was more right. or less like you know, do you want to dance with somebody and those sort of songs. But I, as I listened to, I haven't listened to these songs in ages. Mm-hmm. It, it it brought me back. And what I was trying to do with, with the majority of these songs here is make the connection. What do I feel? And a lot of the music that I truly am connected with has to do with, you know, your childhood. Yeah. The stuff now, you know, there's, you might maybe enjoy it, but there's no real connection there to yeah. anything that's new and upcoming. Yeah. You know, the majority of the songs that are on here are 80s, maybe some 90s. I think there's maybe one or two 90 songs on here but for the most part it's all the old stuff mm-hmm. that i'm passionate about and there's a, there's a huge nostalgic value involved mm-hmm. right absolutely so with this particular song didn't we have almost have it all 87 i was eight years old you know there was so much power um i definitely had a connection to to soul music yep. um so it's, it's all over the map, which is very interesting to me. And again, I don't know if that relates to, to, to anything deeper than just, you know, um, environment, mm-hmm. you know. But um, 
nonetheless, I think it's interesting. Okay. So. Uh, next one you got is uh, Hungry Eyes by Eric Carmen. You rolled your eyes there. I didn't. I did because I, I honestly didn't want to put this on this list because I knew you would. You were probably going to roll your eyes. But um, apparently I had a thing with soundtracks and or, you know. What is this from? I know the song. Like I can hear it in my mind. But is this from Dirty Dancing? It is 100% Dirty Dancing. Oh, and Dirty wow. Dancing was my favorite movie of all time. Don't oh. laugh. I know it's horrible. But I didn't roll my eyes there for the record. You did or you didn't? I didn't. I, yeah, I missed that. But I you noticed. I didn't notice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love so much about the movie. But again, it's, it's interesting to me that at that age, I was drawn to not only this movie, which obviously is is a largely based on you know song and dance and mm-hmm. but something about it you know the dancing the it was a romantic drama really mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and there was something about that as a young girl that was like ooh you know uh, Patrick Swayze and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but nonetheless I think that again this just ties into my whole passion at a young age I think you know it's 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 amazing what kind of emotional connection you can have to to song and you know i not just this song alone i you know hunger eyes was a powerful one for me on, on the album but i enjoyed majority of the songs on this album mm-hmm. and they're kind of all over the place you know? what else was on that one? Oh boy um it's like the epitome of the 80s right it really is did you ever watch the movie no oh well you're not gonna know it then <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it, because otherwise I would. You're not going to sing it? No. <laughs> I need right. another shot of tequila for that. <laughs> <laughs> I would, too. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, see, you totally distracted me. Well, okay. let's go on to your next song. Yeah, let's. <laughs> let's do that. All right, so you've got... Heart is a House for Love by the Dells. That sounds like a Motown band. It is a Motown band. So, again, that ties into the Dirty Dancing, which this was a Motown. It, I don't know if you've heard of the Five Heartbeats. It was a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it came out actually in the, ooh, I think in the early 90s. I want to say like 91. So the Dells sang, actually sang the song in the movie. Okay. But it's... You know, it was shown as the five part beats. And that's a song that I, again, bringing back to the whole childhood memories and and triggering certain memories that Mm -hmm. I thought that I lost was, again, sort of sitting in the basement. And at this stage, after my grandmother passed away, I ended up living in with one of my aunts for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in the basement with her watching this movie. It was a musical, like a Motown sort of, sort of, I guess. So I think what they tried to do was tie into, there's a lot of different artists or songs I think that they pulled from to create the movie. But at any rate, I don't think that I really sat back and listened to Motown at that Mm -hmm. age, right? Like it was, I was still pretty young, but I think that it was the first connection that I, that I can remember of having with the sort of soul Motown mm-hmm. tunes, and mm-hmm. to me, it's 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 one of those things that you you realize. Okay, wait a second here. There's there's something deep here. There's a there's a connection that you get 
again, even at that age where they would hit some of the notes and they would sing and they would dance and they would perform and their outfits were, you know, just, and the crowds would go crazy. You would see, you know, yeah. you would watch the movies and, yeah. oh, I'm, I, I dig this stuff. And I don't know. I just, I just find it very interesting that at that age, I could appreciate so many different tastes. Mm-hmm. Of music that um, again, I'm I'm only really digging deep into this sort of mindset. I guess is is because of your book and because I've sat back and 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 put some thought into trying to connect memories to my past. And yeah, it's quite interesting. So now you're speaking my language here. Oh boy! Your next song is "Sweet Child of Mine" by Guns N' Roses. Yes, it is. What's that doing on the list? What is that doing on the list? <laughs> Was it a bad question? It just kind of seems out of place. So I'm sure it seems a bit <laughs> out of place, but it's... Would you classify this? Let me ask you a question. Would you classify this as an 80s song? Um, I think I would. Would you? I, it's, I think it's actually on my, my playlist as an 80s song. Oh. It's not, it's not an 80s song? <laughs> I, 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 I look at it a completely different way because I... I made a significant emotional investment in the band Guns N' Roses for me and this is this is for me only mm-hmm. um, I couldn't label them as 80s when I think about 80s I think about level 42 mm-hmm. madness Cindy Lauper Madonna That's I don't true. necessarily think I know that I know that you know the album came out in 87 yeah. I know they were in 80s you know band but only in in the sense of of time mm-hmm. for me you know I don't count them that way and I mean, maybe that's ridiculous, but that's how I see it. So that's interesting because for me, if I think about the 80s, I mean, 87, I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. I know that I was listening to a lot of rock music mm-hmm. uh, in elementary school. As an eight-year-old. Because a lot of the kids that I went to school, like I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I was one of very few minorities in general. But I think that that obviously has influence. But at the same time, I enjoyed it. Like, I really enjoyed it. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, as you get older, I went to middle school, I went to high school, things really started to change. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a part of it that, for me, again, being biracial, I went to elementary school with a lot of whites. But when I went to middle school and high school, it was complete opposite. And... It almost wasn't accepted for me to embrace ah, that aspect, really? or at least that's that's how I was. That's how I felt. So I enjoyed it, and I like I really really did as you know as a child. Mm-hmm. But then as I got older, things started to change, and I would start listening to more, maybe more on the pop side, mm-hmm. um, maybe more on the R and B side. Yeah. But I, I think as an adult, one of the things that I had over the, I would say, I mean, I'm in my thirties now. And the one thing that I ultimately, like if you listen to my playlist now, it's all eighties. Like you're not going to hear hardly any, anything, but right. you know, GNR or Whitney Houston, or, you know, I, I actually almost gave away my next song, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's a very broad range of, of music and mm-hmm. it's all over the map. And most people who get into my car are like, what the hell? Like you're, but it's all bound by chronology, right? Well, so Guns N' Roses can exist on the same playlist as Eric Carmen, mm-hmm. which kind of makes me hiss a little bit, to be honest. But 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 it but it's 
that's bound by chronology. That's bound by the fact that they were, um, you know, kind of coexistent during a time when you were extremely receptive to music's message. Mm-hmm. I think so. And that's important to me. Like, these are the things that somewhat define you, I, I believe. Um, Absolutely. And I think it, it just shows how open I am. Mm-hmm. I can embrace a lot whether it's culturally and you know it's 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 nice i i think it's nice to be able to appreciate and i mean what's on my list is what's on my list there's country songs that i enjoy there's Mm -hmm. folk songs that i enjoy um what is your most favorite genre i act i honestly don't know if i have a favorite i definitely love rock i definitely love soul and at the root what is your absolute favorite? Like, what's the first one that comes to your mind? If you said, you know, I could listen to five songs only ever again, would it be rock? Would it be... It, to be honest with you, I think it probably would be. Good for you. Based on the exercise that I've done. Mm-hmm. So I used to have a theory that people who said, oh, I like everything, I like all genres, actually secretly hated music. Really? Well, because... I think that everybody likes one genre first. You know, like I was a metal kid. Like I have a very strong affinity for metal and Mm. hard rock because I grew up, you know, right in the middle of that. And Mm. it really impacted me. And I made a huge emotional investment in that, as I said. But, um, you know, after I found out about bands like the Rolling Stones and stuff like that. um, And now I like all kinds of things. I was listening to to Sia, you know, the other day. Cheap Thrills. You know, everybody's got a, I think everybody has one first that they, they love, you know, above all. Yeah. And I mean, it's tough for me because I, I really do enjoy soul music. Like I can connect with that. Like that stuff really digs deep mm-hmm. as well. But I don't listen to it as much as anymore. And that's where what I'm basing a lot of this on is, okay, if I turn on the radio, what do I want to listen to? You know, yeah. pop sort of rock 80 songs that that I, I, I think I truly connect with. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's difficult. And that's one of the things that is interesting to me is that at this stage in life, I'm comfortable being free and embracing that. Whereas before, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, that it might not have been socially acceptable for me to do that, which is the most ridiculous thing in the world, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Today is, I don't give a shit. It's nice to be able to enjoy what I enjoy. If someone gets in my car, I'm not going to change the song or turn off the radio or my plate like my ipod just to accommodate them take it or leave it like that's that's is me this is what i enjoy and you don't have to like it you know um good for you yeah okay um you've got another song here that i actually really like next love will lead you back by taylor dane i had completely forgotten about taylor dane there were two women uh, in the 80s that I really, really liked mm-hmm. pop-wise. I was saying to Rachel Sumner, a friend of mine was here doing the show a couple days ago, and uh, she reminded me of Taylor Dane. I had completely forgotten about her. And I said, there's there's two women in the 80s. You know, I was a metal kid, but I, I used to kind of keep an eye on on things that really interested me and things that were kind of catchy melodically, and I was I was a sucker for melody. You mm-hmm. know, I used to love New Sensation by In Excess just because I thought there was such a great um, melody line in that song. But Taylor Dane... And Jody Watley. Jody Watley. Loved both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. No, go and that's back. and it's funny because as again, as I was going through, okay, like what should make the list and you know, I I used a lot of YouTube for this and then, you know, with YouTube it'll start pulling up other songs that kind of fit into the category. And this song came up and I 
immediately said that, okay, I had to narrow this list down. I think I got stuck at about 16 to 18. And I was like, this is going to be... <laughs> a lot of people seem to have that problem. Really? When they come on the show, they get stuck around just less than 20. Yeah. And they have to start cutting. It's and they... so hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as soon as I heard this song, I was like, no, something has to go here. This yeah. has to fit in. Because, again, more on the pop side, I guess. Yeah. Um, 89... 10 years old. It's a love song, but yeah. I still feel like it's 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 poppy. It's her music in general. I would I feel like I really connected with. Powerful yeah. powerful singer, powerful voice. Mm-hmm. Um and again, it's it's one of those things where it doesn't need to be an axel where he's, yeah. you know, hitting these it's just something that pulls you really really pulls you in and yeah. she was fantastic at doing that. She was. I, 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 her voice is very distinct, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think that she sang with a lot of soul inflection, you know. Um, that song, Love Will Lead You Back, is, you know, it's a fantastic song. I mean, I, I think that, like I said, she just sang with a lot of, of, of conviction mm-hmm. and passion the same way that a lot of, like Jody Watley and the other black women sang, like Whitney Houston, yeah. with so much conviction. I think that Taylor Dane could be counted in that group. Oh, she can 100%. And maybe that's... That's it. It's 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 one of those artists that can just they they hit you. you Absolutely. Know? So, um, by far, like there was no way that I couldn't not include. And I would say that this was probably, even though it's a love song, I feel like it was still one of those ones that I connected with at a very very young age. So that's why she's there. Um, so your next song now, and your last song actually, hmm. is a song that I've never ever heard before. <laughs> It's called You Put a Move on My Heart by Quincy Jones featuring Tamia. Right. So if you know Quincy, he doesn't really sing. He just produces a yeah. lot of the music. Michael Jackson. And, well, yeah. So Tamia, this is a bit of an interesting one, I think, uh, because this song actually came out a bit later, which you're looking at like 96. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yep. um, I was obviously a teen at that stage. But Tamia is... An R&B singer. Mm-hmm. And this song is on the list because I was first introduced to it basically through the music video. The music video is literally her sitting in, um, I guess it's a sound sound booth? And or an isolation booth in this, in the, what, is she singing? She is singing. Okay. And Quincy's there playing around with oh, all okay. the gadgets. And so she's it, in the isolation booth. Yeah. It was the first time I was introduced to her, but I was captivated. It was such a simple video. She's a strikingly gorgeous woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually a mulatto as well, okay. which was, you know, there's a bit of a connection. Yeah, but, well, because it was, there was a lot of things. Like, once she was beautiful, her voice is, was incredible to me. Mm-hmm. Um, she had beauty. She had class. She was sexy, but classy, you mm-hmm. know? She was, I remember she was wearing all black. Her makeup was very subtle. Mm-hmm. Her hair was done right. So there's an image there too. There was that yeah. I was like, you, you know, at, at that age. Um, so this is when I'm becoming a woman or starting to think about the woman mm-hmm. that you want to be and, you know, how you want to carry yourself yeah. as a woman. Um, so with her, I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was inspiring to me. I kind of idolized it a bit. Um, and it allowed me to kind of, see that it was possible but also okay to be sexy and mm-hmm. 
classy at the same time mm-hmm. um, that you don't have to be revealing you know where women at that age teenagers you know you're thinking everyone wants to and that's a fine line you know right? so it was it was nice to see that she wasn't overdone that mm-hmm. everything was just perfect mm-hmm. and I think things like that as a young woman you know can give you some inspiration and again it's it's it's, it's connecting this all back to music in, in terms of the people that you become mm-hmm. um you know it can take you into different directions for sure i would say Definitely. but i'd like to think that some of these things do play a, a map like or can play uh, oh, they a certainly do. Big role you know yeah. in motivating and um influencing no young question. people you know definitely um and that's and that's part of it now too right where you're not seeing this anymore like you're not seeing these women in a blouse and a pair of slacks anymore you know mm-hmm. they're running around half naked in their music videos because that's what you know it's it's, it's about and yeah. i think that's unfortunate because it's creating the wrong impression for young women completely at a vulnerable stage in their life where they're going to start getting interested in boys and boys are going to start getting interested you know it's 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 a really tough line and i just Mm -hmm. think that it's kind of going the wrong direction but this video i think was perfect to kind of um model model yeah perfect yeah yeah, no, I I know what you mean. I think a lot about that. When I was um when I was growing up I I picked extremely poor role models. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into who they were. But, um yeah, as I think that's a very powerful message. Yeah. I completely agree with you. It's uh it's a very um impressionable time in your life and you can uh you can be apt to make very poor choices. Mm-hmm. So Good for you. You clearly did not do that. <laughs> so, uh, that's your list. That and, is my uh, list. I have to thank you. I'm considering making you my spokesperson, actually, for the book. If you're, oh, if if you're interested in doing that, I don't know what it would pay, but <laughs> twenty bucks. <laughs> so give my twenty bucks back. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I think you did a fantastic job. And and again, in all seriousness, I I, I appreciate your honesty i appreciate the fact that you shared things that were you know deeply emotional for you mm-hmm. and um I, I want to thank you for that i want to thank you for coming on the show and and uh, and having this chat with me it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and i think you did a great job thank you thanks for allowing me to share that it's um special i also think that maybe we should start the uh, shot of tequila before the show as a tradition maybe. i'm gonna trademark that somehow. Yeah. i'm gonna start branding my own tequila all right good yeah. for you you and sammy hagar <laughs> All right, this has been Brent Jensen, and you've been listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury with my guest, Stephanie Riley. Until next time, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon worldwide. <laughs>